Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Let's start off the show talking about the two big upcoming conventions, Labor Day weekend, this September. The first, I'll mention briefly, Grand Con, Friday, September 2nd through Sunday, September 4th. There's been no updates as far as the schedule goes. There's still a new player event, I believe, Saturday afternoon, a tag team tournament Friday night, and a singles tournament Saturday night. For Dragon Con, running Thursday, September 1st, through Monday, September 5th, we now have a schedule for the events at DragonCon. I'm reading these off of DragonCon's website. I'd like to thank Jeremy Steigerwald, who's going to be marshalling a lot of this at DragonCon, for helping me out with this information. I'll start with the main tournament. It's listed as the 2022 Super Show DragonCon World Championship. Scheduled for Sunday at 7.30 p.m. They've allotted three and a half hours for this. 32 spots available as I'm looking at the website right now. This is Sunday shortly after noon, shortly after 12 p.m. There is no additional cost for this. The price is listed as free, so it comes with your membership slash ticket. You just have to sign up. There are, again, 32 slots. I don't know if they'll open it up for more, if the 32 sell out or get taken up, but there are 32 slots available as of right now. That's the main tournament. Friday night, there's going to be a Cosmic Clash. It's the Super Show Cosmic Clash. Friday, 7.30 p.m., also 32 slots available. Also, three and a half hours allotted for this per the website. Friday, 7.30 p.m. This is a $25 event. From what I understand, and this is based on what happened last year and the description Jeremy Steigerwald gave on the most recent episode of Talk of the Universe, this is a sealed Cosmic Crusader draft. You essentially buy a Cosmic Crusader deck. It has the Cosmic Crusader in it. It has a 1 through 30 deck of cards. And then you play out of the box that competitor. Last year, the winner faced off against the Lucha Monaco Uberstar. I don't know what is going to happen this year. That's Friday, the last event listed. Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Also allotted three and a half hours. 30 spots available here. So if there were 32, two have been taken. 30 slots available here. The SRG Super Show Payoff Pack Draft, that's how it's listed, $35. Again, that's the cost of the Payoff Pack. So you'll buy a Payoff Pack. Payoff Packs have three different competitor sets, a 1 through 27 deck, a spectacle, and an entrance. I don't know if you'll be allowed to use the spectacle or entrance in this, but you'll pick your competitor and use that competitor and your 1 through 27 deck, I believe. Now, they could also. And sometimes they run the draft format this way too. 
They could also set it up where they mix everybody's payoff packs together. They pick a draft order, and then players draft their competitor sets and their cards 1 through 27. So, first pick might say, okay, I'm going to draft competitor first. So he would draft competitor, and then everybody else from pick 2 on to however many people are in the draft would then pick a competitor. Then the person with the second pick will pick a stack of cards, 1 through 27, say, I'm going to draft from the 27s. He'll draft from a 27. Everybody else will then draft out of the 27 in pick order. Pick number three might say, I'm going to pick um, spot 14 next. So he'll draft from 14, and then everybody else will draft 14 until all of those, and they'll just go through pile after pile. And then I, sometimes they snake it, so it goes from, let's say there's six people, goes from one to six, six to one. Sometimes it just goes one to six, one to six. It just depends on how they run the draft. That's Saturday. Finally, there are a number of demos that you can do. They're free on the DragonCon website. It's SRG Super Show Demo. They're scheduled for Friday and Saturday. It looks like they start at 10 a.m. and run through 5.30 p.m. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. There's one scheduled every 30 minutes. And there's, at this point looking at, there's two spots available in every demo. So none of the demos appear to have sold out. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday all day, there will be running Super Show demos. And then there may be various ad hoc events and things that just sort of spring up that happen. But as of right now, we have four DragonCon demos scheduled Friday through Monday. The Cosmic Clash, Friday night, $25. The Payoff Pack Draft, Saturday night, $35. And the World Championship Tournament, Sunday night, free. All set to start 7.30 p.m. local time. There is also, from what I understand, going to be a match for the ACCW Championship. The current champion, as I understand it, is Raymond Rappaport, a.k.a. El Lama and Mascarada Senor. He defeated everyone's enemy, Joel Williams, at the last big ACCW event just a week ago. Defeated him to become the new champion. Lama Senior has offered and Joel Williams has accepted a match for the championship. So at DragonCon, Lama Sr. will defend against the former champion, Joel Williams. Now, Joel Williams was the champion with El Superombre. Raymond Rappaport is the champion with the Masked Lama. I don't know if they're going to be using the same competitors in the championship match. They may. I know, obviously, the champion will have to use the Masked Lama. Will they run it back with the same competitors, or will they use new competitors? I don't know. But that is scheduled to take place at DragonCon. As far as other featured matches go, I don't know if anything else will be happening at DragonCon or GrandCon. I assume that the World Heavyweight Champion, Bob Dunn, will be at DragonCon. I don't know if there's one scheduled. I've been told that Bob Dunn will defend against Matt Nealon at 
BCW's Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3, which is taking place a week later, Saturday, September 10th. Tickets still available. If you want a ticket, there's a link on supershowthegame.com. They created a new section that they call Upcoming Events. If you go to the Upcoming Events section, these are going to be links to events that aren't being sold through supershowthegame.com. In this case, I know because Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3 is happening at my local store. We're selling tickets through Eventbrite. There's a link to that ticket sale website on supershowthegame.com under the Upcoming Events section. Looking at the Upcoming Events section on the website, it's actually a revamped event section. Prior to this, there was an online event section of the website that was under the Shop menu, and then there was an event section. This Upcoming event section is actually under what's labeled as Events on the uh, website menu. And they actually have listed here Dragon Con, Grand Con, Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3, Free Con, which is taking place at Game King in Fall River, Massachusetts, Armor Con, taking place at Marlboro, Massachusetts, October 14th through 16th, Marktoberfest, taking place October 15th at Recess Games in North Olmsted, Ohio, and they even have PAX Unplugged December 2nd through December 4th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, listed. So they have a lot of these upcoming conventions and uh, big events listed on their website right now. That's, I like that. It's a very nice new feature they've added to supershowthegame.com. So if you're looking for big events, that's a place to check out. It is under the event section, which is separate from online events. Looking at the menu, it's toward the bottom of the menu. It's labeled events, and then when you go into it, it actually has upcoming events as the title on the page. But let's get back to Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. World Heavyweight Championship is supposed to be defended there. Bob Dunn, the champion, will face challenger Matt Nealon. Matt Nealon had a shot earlier this year for winning the Origins World Championship Tournament. Now getting a shot for winning the Gen Con World Championship Tournament. Will he be successful this year? Who knows? Also, it's quite possible that James Booker, the holder of the Cookies Fortune, will be there. Will we see a cash-in at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3? We could. We could. He has until Marktoberfest, October 15th, to cash it in. Bob Dunn is scheduled to be there. If Bob Dunn were to lose to Matt Nealon, Matt Nealon should also be at Marktoberfest. Marktoberfest is taking place at Matt Nealon's home store. So we could see that match happen there. We could see Booker cash in against Matt Nealon. A lot of things wide open. But we're going to have the World Heavyweight Championship defended at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. We are also, from what I understand, going to have Kirk Polka the current Underworld Champion, on-site at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. So we could see the LFF Underworld Championship defended there as well. So two major championships on-site. Also, I want to bring this up. It's quite possible that we'll have Chris Pate and Sean Loeb 
show up at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. So we could see an LFF Tag Team Championship match as well. And finally, at the time I'm recording this, it is early Sunday afternoon. There is supposed to be, tonight on Sunday Night Fights, a match for the LFF Trios Championship. Michael Kerr, the champion, versus challenger Kirk Polka. We could see if Kirk Polka wins the Trios Championship at Pixel Palace Pandemonium as well. We might also see, because even if Kirk Polka doesn't win, Michael Kerr, not too far away from Columbus in the Pittsburgh area, he could make the trip. We could see the Trios Championship defended at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. Also, let me bring this up. I had been on the list as a potential Trios challenger. If the Trios champion shows up at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3, I could be in the match for the Trios championship. Now, again, I'm still lifetime banned. I don't believe that I'm going to be up for a shot at the Trios championship. And if you look, like I said, if you look at Chris Pagillo's State of the Game post on Facebook, where he tracks who the champion is for each title and who the upcoming challengers are, I'm not listed as a challenger for the trio's belts. So I just want to put that out there because that's a possibility. But more importantly, we could see four LFF championships on the line at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. And maybe more. Who knows? There could be championships I'm not thinking about. The Intergalactic, unlikely. Chugonomics, the current champion, don't believe he's traveling. Tornado, I've not heard anything about the Tornado champion or the U.S. champion or any other belt. But we could have other championships I'm not aware of show up and be defended at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. Pretty wide open. But I'm excited about that. That's the news I have about Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3, Grand Con, and Dragon Con. The next thing I'm going to talk about is the CCC. Round three of the 2021 Create a Competitor competition finally kicked off this past Wednesday, August 17th. 72-hour time limit ended Saturday night around 10 p.m. As far as I know from the last time I looked, there has not been a post made by Pat Mulligan, who runs the CCC, saying that the match is over, but I did reach out to him, and he confirmed the match ended. This was match one of round three. It saw JAC and Time Bomb Tim as a tag team take on Harvey Luster and Johnny Korea. Like I said, 72 hours. The purpose of this round was to create tag chains. So I'll use... JAC and Time Bomb Tim as an example. JAC tags Steve Resk. Steve Resk tags Pat Mulligan. Pat Mulligan tags Griff Briggs. So on and so forth. There was a question that came up about scoring that had to be resolved toward the end of day one. That was this. The rules stated that when a team tags somebody, 
they score an extra point when the tagged person tags somebody else. So, in this example, JAC tags Steve Resk. When Steve Resk tags Pat Mulligan, JAC's team scores a point. Now, there was some thought that because it said extra point, that implied that when JAC tagged Steve Resk, that in and of itself scored a point. So you could create a tag chain where JAC tags Steve Resk, and then JAC immediately tags his partner to create a new tag chain. And then the partner, Time Bomb Tim, tags Pat Mulligan. And then he immediately tags JAC, closes that chain, and each one of these little chains are worth a point. It was clarified that no, you do not score points creating chains like that. A person who is tagged must tag somebody else. The points are generated each time somebody not on the team tags somebody. So if JAC tags someone, that's worth no points. If Time Bomb Tim tags someone, that's worth zero points. It's only when the people who are tagged tag others, that's when points are scored. All of this, by the way, takes place on a pinned post on the SRG Universe Facebook page. Steve Resk did mention that there might be tagging on Twitter. There was no tagging on Twitter. There was no post on Twitter where you could tag people. To the best of my knowledge, the tagging was only on Facebook. It was on the SRG Universe Facebook page. The tagging was done in the comments. So if you're curious how that's supposed to look, check out the comments of that pinned post. If you see where the team of Harvey Lester and Johnny Crea were tagging people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That was what I was talking about involving the whole creating tiny tag chains because just tagging somebody's worth a point. If you see that, if you're curious what was going on, that's what was going on there. So the match is over. Based on reviewing the tags from both teams, I think it is very safe to say that the winner of match one in round three is the team of JAC and Time Bomb Tim. JAC and Time Bomb Tim will be going to the semifinals of the 2021 CCC. Now, next week, assuming there are no delays like there were for this first match, the match will be Lauren Santiago and Vicious Vic Vandal versus Private Cuddles and the Master Strategist. So we can start seeing promos from them anytime. I haven't seen any yet, but the first match did just end. So it might be you start to see things from them Monday, Tuesday. But the preparation for match two should be starting now. And we'll just have to check it out and see what happens in those matches. But those matches scheduled to kick off. Wednesday night after Talk of the Universe. So that's going to be August 24th and run 72 hours to August 27th. Again, the matches will be same place, SRG Universe Facebook page, not the discussion group, Facebook page. And it should be scheduled to go live around 10. There was a delay this week. It went live closer to 10.45 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully it starts closer to on time in match two. 
And then by this time next week, we'll find out who the other two semifinalists will be for round four. Now, if they do round four like they've done the past couple years, there will be two matchups. They will determine which of the semifinalists will be a matchup, and the competition is to see who will be the finals matchup. I don't know if they're going to keep the teams or if they'll take the four semifinalists and mix them up. So I don't know if it's going to be JAC versus Time Bomb Tim as matchup one, and then the other team as matchup number two. So we could see JAC versus Time Bomb Tim as a matchup, and either Lauren Santiago versus Vicious Vic as a matchup, or Private Cuddles versus the Master Strategist as a matchup. I think it would be better to mix them up. I don't know if we want to see JAC and Time Bomb Tim back-to-back, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. They could keep the teams go from, you know, allies to enemies, or they could make swaps. We will just have to see. But that's what's going on right now with the 2021 CCC. The next thing I think I'll bring up, the Underworld Tournament. So, the general manager for the Underworld Championship, Jeffrey Fox recently posted that he was going to create an eight-man tournament to determine the next challenger for the Underworld Championship. He chose eight factions, and these eight factions each had to nominate somebody to represent them in the tournament. Here are the eight people that are in this tournament. They've also been paired up in the first round. So I can tell you the first round of the tournament is going to be all ladder matches. The semifinals will be all Liger's Den matches. And then the stipulation in the finals match is to be determined. There has not been an announcement as to what that stipulation will be. So in the first matchup listed, we're going to have Candyman Dan, representing the Think Tank, playing as himself, take on Matt Barone, representing Impact, playing as Colin the Crononauts. That's the first match. In match number two, we're going to have Funtime Bob, I believe playing as himself, representing the higher class, taking on the Goat Rock Smith, representing Crime Wave, playing as El Super Ombre. That's match two. In match three, we're going to have, representing the line, Paul Trejo, playing as Terror Skull, take on Anarchy Sun, representing New Faction, DQX, playing as the new version of Anarchy Sun. And then the final match, we're going to have Split, representing the Freak Show, playing as Davey Richards, take on Fotista, representing the Firing Squad, playing as Night Terror. Those are our four matchups. The winner of Candyman Dan versus Matt Barone will face the winner of Funtime Bob versus Brock Smith in the semis. And the winner of Anarchy Sun versus Paul Treo will face the winner of Split versus Fotista in the semis. That is how that tournament is shaping up. Also, 
and I apologize for not mentioning this earlier. The next challenger for Kirk Polka for the Underworld Championship is set to be Ant West in a two out of three falls match. Now, live play does tend to complicate things. So, I don't know if the plan is to have Kirk Polka face Ant West prior to the live play events he's going to be at, like Pixel Palace 3 and potentially Marktoberfest, or if it's to happen after that. I would always recommend priority being given to live play over online play. In-person play, to me, is better. It's where championships should primarily be defended. So, if Ant West can't go to a big event like Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3 or Freecon or Marktoberfest, I would jump the line. No offense against Ant West. I'm a fan of Ant West. But in-person play should be given priority over online play. So if there's a chance to have a championship match in person, that should happen. We should not sacrifice live play for online play. I don't like that. So that's my recommendation. We'll have to see what Jeffrey Fox does. Jeffrey Fox may stick with his plan, forego having the Underworld Championship defended live if possible, and just he picks the challengers. If it's possible, they can play live. Okay, they can play live, but no thought to actually having live defenses when it comes to the planning for the championship. I disagree with that, but that may be what happens. That is pretty much going to do it for the major stories from this week. There were some items that went on sale from Gen Con, some other things. Check out supershowthegame.com if you're interested in that. They put a, quite a few of them under the special deals section of the website. So if you're used to just looking at the new section for new things, check out, in this case, also the special deals section. They put a lot of the new bundles from Gen Con under there. Uh, there were also some limited things they mentioned. Kings of Crime, Jokerfish, EC3 was misprinted. They're going to be doing a new run of EC3. There are still new competitors coming out of Dragon Con. They've dropped some of those in mystery boxes. If you want to buy some mystery boxes and see if you can happen to pull some of those before they release on the website. I do not have any update as to whether or not the new releases at Dragon Con will also be at Grand Con. I hope so. I should try to reach out again. But that's where we are right now. Let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week. Just three that I'm aware of. The first Monday night consigliere fights. Brian Waitfort-Schmidt continues to run these Monday night events. From what I understand, he's going to run this Monday's too. So look for another Consigliere's Monday night fights coming up. As for this past week's Consigliere fights, there were 14 players Monday night, two groups of seven players each, top two from each group advanced. So we cut to a top four in the top four. The opening matches in the top cut, the semifinals, 
are played under the ladder stipulation. The finals and the third place match are played using the Beast Unchained stipulation. The top four are in fourth place, playing as Pluto. Cheshire in third place, playing as El Campeon de las Lamas. Brian Waitford Schmidt. The finalists are Bob Dunn as Robert the Brain Dunn and the Cannoli as Pang. With the winner of Monday Night Fights, the Cannoli as Pang. Congratulations to him for winning Monday Night Consigliere Fights. This brings us to Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Again, and I didn't mention this in the first round, but most of these matches right now, most of these events are being played group stages. Top players from each group advance into a top cut. So it's kind of a round-robin, you know, World Cup style. And then they advance into the top cut. So Chibi's Thursday Night Fights, 20 players, 4 groups, 5 players per group, top 2 from each group advance. Although, it looks like one of the groups either had somebody drop or was only 4 players. I'm not sure. Based on the way it's marked, it could be nobody or it could be the Nightmare King had to drop. So 19 to 20 players, four groups, five players per group, maybe one group only had four, top two from each group advance. In the quarterfinal round, all of the matches are played using the New York rules stipulation. Now. I do want to bring this up because I've seen this come up, especially because I've seen a prototype for a New York Rules stipulation. New York Rules, the history of New York Rules is this. In the local New York playgroups, they would play at their events. Instead of playing one match, one fall to a finish, they would play three matches, one fall to a finish. And if there needed to be a third match, so it was essentially best two out of three. If after the first two matches it was one and one and it had to go to a third match, then they would play the third match, no count out, no disqualification, match starts at crowd meter one. The other two matches were standard singles matches. That was original New York rules. And then New York rules became just one match, one fall to a finish, no count outs, no disqualification, Match starts at crowd meter one. Now I'm seeing that they're calling New York rules matches. No disqualification starts at crowd meter one. They're eliminating the no count out provision. I don't know what's going on with that. But I've been starting to see that, so I wanted to bring that up. Wow, it just reminds me seeing that they played the first round of the top cut under New York rules. I don't know if they're using... No countouts, or if they are actually allowing countouts now. That was the quarterfinal round. Semifinal round of Chibi's Thursday Night Fights, all steel cage matches. Finals round, also all steel cage matches. So the finals and the third place match, steel cage. Top four in fourth place, playing as Merlin Von Berlin. Relatively new player, at least to me, Zach Ashley. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He takes fourth place. In third place, hold the line Harry, playing as the Titan of the Northeast, I believe. 
It just says Titan. He could be playing as Titan because there's a character named Titan. So it's either Titan or Titan of the Northeast. I'm not 100%, but what is listed on the site is Titan. The finalists are Ryan Piercer as newly released competitor Gabby Ortiz and Eddie Fury as EC3. I don't know if this is original or new EC3. I'm going to assume new EC3. And the winner with potentially new EC3, Eddie Fury. Congratulations to him for winning Chibi's Thursday night fights. That brings us to Friday's event. Friday's event, Schmitz, Brian Whitford Schmitz, rewind pop-up event. This is the second week in a row he's done a weekend pop-up event, the rewind event that takes place after his radio show. Eight players in this event, two groups of four, top two from each group advanced. In the top cut, the opening round, the semifinal round, was played using the Psycho Circus stipulation. In the finals and in the third place match, they used New York rules. Top four were in fourth place, playing as Ricky Riot, Ricky Riot. In third place, playing as Zoe Sky, the master strategist, Micah Swap. The finalists were Teiru the Shogun as Yamato Hama and Big Match Pete as Big Match Pete with the winner. Big Match Pete as himself. Congratulations to Big Match Pete for winning the Rewind pop-up event. That brings us to Sunday Night Fights. Early in the show, you heard me mention that I was recording shortly after noon. Now I'm going to be talking about Sunday Night Fights. That may not make sense. To explain, because of my schedule, I recorded the majority of the show early. And then after Sunday Night Fights, I'll be coming in and adding on the Sunday Night Fights and any other news that breaks during the day. So, to keep up with tradition, when you hear the static, that is where I have added the information. And the static should be coming up pretty much now. And I am back. If you saw any of the posts I put in the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook, I went to the Pro Wrestling Revolver Wrestling Show. That is a wrestling promotion run by Sammy Callahan, former two-time LFF World Heavyweight Champion. That is sponsored, as far as I know, still sponsored by SRG Universe. They're listed as a sponsor on Pro Wrestling Revolver's website last time I looked. And the SRG Universe logo is on the side plates on the Revolver World Championship. There were multiple LFF competitors wrestling tonight. I had put in the chat that the record ended up being 2-3 and three when all was said and done. That's actually incorrect. I forgot about a match. The four matches featuring LFF talent were Ace Austin with Giamilla versus Madman Fulton, a grudge match that Ace Austin ended up pulling out at the end. JT Dunn defended the Revolver World Championship against Davey Richards, and JT won. So it was a one win, one loss. That's one and two so far. Sammy Callahan and John Moxley, the Switchblades, 
ended up taking on Logan James and JT Dunn, substituting for Tyler Matrix in what they called a Switchblade rules match, basically just a no-disqualification weapons match. John Moxley and Sammy Callahan won there, so that was again another one win, one loss for LFF. And then there was a multi-man match, Rich Swan versus Manscout, Jake Manning versus, I believe, Damian Chambers inserted himself into the match versus Warhorse. Warhorse lost that to Rich Swan. So two and four record for LFF competitors at the Pro Wrestling Revolver show. Outside of that, there was nothing new that I saw for Super Show News except for Sunday Night Fights. Only two matches on Sunday Night Fights. I caught the tail end of the first one, and I listened to the majority of the second one on the drive back. So I can report that in the first match, the LFF Trios Championship match, the champion Michael Kerr with the Elite took on challenger Kirk Polka using the My Girls Trio. It went to, I believe, Crowd Meter 2. And at Crowd Meter 2, Kirk Polka hits the finish, rolls a 31. He is now the new LFF Trios Championship. I believe it's his first time as Trios Champion. And he's a dual champion holding both the Trios Championship and the Underworld Championship. He's supposed to be defending the Underworld Championship next week. As far as the Trios Championship is concerned, the next Trios defense is going to be confirmed by Chris Pajillo, is going to be at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. And the next challenger is going to be picked live in person by Chris Pajillo because he has announced that he will be at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3, September 10th, Columbus, Ohio. So I would say if you're going to Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3, pack your trios because you may get a shot at the My Girls trio deck played by the new champion, Kirk Polka. The other match was a grudge match between current LFF Tri-State Champion Thieves Pinckney, and the antagonist Ant West. This was an all-8-bit match. Both players had to use cards and competitor sets that had 8-bit art on them. Ant West used Luna Hallows. Thieves Pinckney used Rock Newman. They played in a new stipulation created for this match. The Burb Cage. The story of this match was pretty much Thebes Pinckney running away with the turn rolls. He hits the first finish, rolls a 13. Ant West is able to kick out because there is a bonus to kick out rolls at the first crowd meter in the Burb Cage. So he stays alive, but at crowd meter one, Thebes hits another finish, rolls a 10. Ant West can't kick out. Thebes wins the grudge match. Is this settled? I don't think so. There is one thing I wanted to mention that kept coming up 
when Thebes Pinkney hit the first finish, it was his strike finish. And he chose, instead of using the Newman's Henchman strike finish in Rock Newman, he used the Snake Pit strike finish in Rock Newman. Because Rock Newman can run 8-bit finishes in the stipulation for Newman's Henchman, because that's what came with Rock Newman's competitor. He could also run them for Snake Pit and Big Shot, because both of those competitor finish logos are on Rock Newman's card, and both of those competitors have 8-bit art additions. They have 8-bit art competitors and logos. I will say that the benefit of using Snake Pit's strike finish over the strike finish for Newman's Henchman is that the strike finish for Snake Pit can become a lead if the opponent has seven or more cards in their hand. So a lead finish at the end of the game when you're in past berry phase is very strong. So I could see why you would play the snake the bite, I believe is what it is. The snake bite is snake pit's finish over the Newman's henchman's strike finish. If I'm wrong about this, I'm sorry because again, I did not get to see the match. I had to listen to it in the car. And I'm just kind of going from memory here because I am trying to get this out hopefully Sunday night, but it might be early Monday morning. Outside of that, as far as next week is concerned, I did not check supershowthegame.com, but it was announced on Sunday Night Fights that there will be a Monday Night Consigliere Fights 8 p.m. start time. Look for that to show up on supershowthegame.com. Chibi's Thursday Night Fights should be happening as well. Look for that at some point to be on the supershowthegame.com website. And Dojo will be taking place Tuesday night. With that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. It ended up being much longer than I thought it was going to be. I didn't think there were a lot of new stories, but looking at the time, this is going to be one of the longer episodes in a while. I do want to say, in case I forgot to say it earlier, thank you to everyone who voted in this round of the CCC. Both teams, both for JAC and Time Bomb Tim, and for Harvey Lester and Johnny Korea. This is a difficult process. It's the most difficult process in the CCC. It's one of the many reasons I recommend scrapping the tag rounds in the CCC. But for those who did vote, who did tag, it's appreciated. We appreciate everything you've done, the sacrifices you made in the, your time, giving up your time to help out. The patience you exhibited while teams worked things out. All of that is greatly appreciated. Thank you for participating in this process. Thank you for participating in the CCC. Thank you for voting for JAC and Time Bomb Tim. Thank you for listening. And good day.